Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for February 10th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Welsh from HockeyHeads.com. This week we will talk about the Bruins firing Claude Julien, why they did it, should they have done it, and where does he go, what's his next destination for a job. Uh, he shouldn't be short any options there. And we will take a look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have some injury issues uh, mounting, especially after Brian Rust. What, are we assuming broken wrist? I only saw it and then went, that's got to hurt. Because I only watched the game a couple hours ago, and um, it did not look friendly. So I honestly don't know what he hurt, but it can't be good. So that adds to Haglin out with a concussion, Connor Sheary out with an upper body injury. What, how can the Penguins shuffle around the injury things? But we will also talk about the uh, Marc-Andre Fleury situation. And not that it's news that Dallas and, and Pittsburgh w- would talk about such a deal, but I wrote on Hockey Buzz, uh, what would that trade even possibly look like? How, what could it look like? Uh, and, you know, predicting the goalie market is... A complete shit show for me. I, I'm, I don't feel comfortable predicting goalie value. It's one of the things I just uh, I don't think I'm good at. I don't think anybody's good at it, to be honest with you. Well, so, general managers are proving that they're not great. So we'll talk about all that and whatever else. So, Julian, fired by the Bruins. Yeah. I, it's crazy. That's probably the the best way I can uh, describe it for me. I just think it's ridiculous what they did. I mean, we talked about it um, in a prior podcast recently on how really what was going wrong with the Bruins had nothing to do with Julian. But he, apparently he's going to be the scapegoat. Well, it's what happens when your goaltenders don't stop the puck as frequently as you used to seeing. And having forwards produce at a, a very good level last year that have fallen off a table this year, including uh, Krejci, Bergeron. Uh, those are their, you know, that's that's tough to overcome. I, I just, I kind of get why the Islanders fired their coach, right? Capuano was, was done. He'd been there for forever, and the club had gone, I would say, the club had gone backwards the longer he's been there. He This this team was uh, still in the playoff hunt, still is in the playoff hunt, and for me, it felt like they were winning despite their lack of production from the aforementioned players and a week back six. All that said... Number one possession team in hockey. I mean, I think certainly coaching's got to be intertwined with that. Yeah, how you how you define that is, is always the challenge in regards to trying to to sort out the the wheat the wheat from the chaff in this situation. But that team was, and this this is this is where you lose this the uh, statistical argument, I suppose, at times when you go. They were dominating possession, but they were still losing a, a lot of games as opposed to winning them. And once again, that comes down to that that shitty thing with hockey, which is a little bit of luck either way, good or bad. 
Yeah, hockey is the one sport where talent does not always win out. Other sports, the talent has a better chance of overcoming variance, and in hockey, that's it's it's a tougher hill to climb. That's just the way the sport is, for for better or it's, worse. That is how the sport is, and the sooner that it's what happens when your best players only play twenty two minutes a night. Yeah, and you play on ice, and there's a puck that bounces around everywhere, and like <laughs> it's controlled chaos. So, it's beautiful is what it is. Sometimes. <laughs> as long as it's not Ken Hitchcock. So, you know, I I just don't... Don Sweeney is the issue here, as it's been the last couple of years. Julian's lost a lot of talent and not gotten a lot back for those trades. No, and I don't know what direction the management are looking to move the franchise. I, I think that's the thing. They look a little rudderless. So, you know, he's got uh, Hayes, J- Jimmy Hayes. Okay, I got the right brother. <laughs> he can't. He can't produce a lick of offense at all. But they traded Riley Smith for him and. While I haven't kept tabs on Riley Smith this year, I can only assume he's doing better than Jimmy Hayes. And Riley Smith had uh, quite a wonderful playoff run last year, if memory serves correct. Oh, I'm not even going to try and pretend I can remember that. (laughs) He scored a ton of goals in that series against the Islanders. Um, Oh, okay. You know what? Riley Smith sucks this year. <laughs> Sorry. It didn't matter anyway. <laughs> 0.70 points per 60. That's brutal. Okay. Ryan's wrong. The thing, the, the thing that I, I find really hard. Although Jimmy's at 0.48, so. <laughs> the, the Bruins this year, are, it's, it's really weird. They're hard to watch. Like, I struggle to watch LA the way they play, but they're possession monsters as well. So they play an effective style of hockey to make sure that they have more attempts on net than the other team. But I don't find it particularly fun to watch. And they've got players that I would like to hope that the league is starting to move towards an up-tempo, push, 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 shot, shot, shot sort of a a style. Um, This team's not built for that. They don't have a stack load of of speed, and that's why they have to try and chuck it down in the neutral zone. But it's been working. It has. I'm well, not saying it was. it's not successful. It yeah, not saying it's not gonna. Not saying it's not gonna be successful. I just don't enjoy watching it. A huge problem is um, when Rask doesn't play, they they can't win because the goaltending's been that bad. Yeah, not having a backup that you can kind of at least. Rely on his like at all. No, the backups have had one win, at least when I did my article a week or so ago. But that's at that's least tough. over a half season sample. That's not good. That's tough on a coach, and that's tough on a on a number one goalie. I know Tuka likes to play a lot, but you know. Now, Julian is one of the better coaches he'll have options what are these options well you hear from uh, the bob father that las vegas is going to ask permission 
and perhaps Florida will ask permission. And, you know, you have to ask permission because technically Julian is still under contract being uh, paid by the Bruins. I'm sure they'll grant permission. I don't see why they wouldn't because then they're off the hook for the money if he gets hired. So so between what I consider is, is probably right this moment his best two options, Las Vegas and Florida, am I missing any? Islanders, maybe, if they... Okay, but I think I heard that they weren't going to ask permission, weirdly enough. They they probably weren't, because that team's turned it around. It's a little bit of um, the Rob Scuderi effect. Capuano's not there, the team just improves on its own. So they might go, you know what, Doug Waits the answer, and they might hire him. You know what Garth Snow's like. Yeah, he's, he's had some really good moments, and then... Kind of balanced out yeah. with the not so great. I, I think it would be negligent of the Islanders not to ask. I think it would be silly. Like this guy can coach. It's a little bit like you know Gerard Gallant. I don't think you can really argue that he's a bad coach. Um, I think he's just in a bad situation. He wanted to play the team a particular way, and, and then Florida obviously wanted it to go another direction. I could see Las Vegas losing out on Julian and, and going for Gallant. I if I was uh, if I was Julian, I'd probably go to Florida. And there it is. That's um, kind of where I was going to gear this conversation towards. I think Florida is the right answer for him. A team that can play loose and push pace, but probably needs to be reined. Uh, could could stand to show a little bit more discipline at times, and I think Julian can provide that structure of possession and driving things forward and getting them uh, what they need. I'm not going to argue that. I thought I read, and admittedly it would have only been a headline that said that Rowe uh, Rowe's keen to stay behind the bench and, and not give it up. So I don't know whether that was for the year or whether that was I think it was for the year, but um, yeah, Tom, about that. You have one of the better coaches in the world um, available. You are not one of the best coaches in the world, no offense. Yeah, we're going to go that route. <laughs> yeah, I, But he's one of the decision makers, so that makes it a little bit tougher. Harder. And that's the sort of thing that worried me with it. I'm like, hey, on a second, Tom, let's just back that up a sec. For Las Vegas, I mean, Julian would artificially prop that team up, get them on a better start than they could be otherwise. But if you're Julian, I mean, how do you take that job right now? You don't even know what the hell the roster looks like. Well, you're the best coach on the market. You have the leverage. Wouldn't you want to know what you're getting into? Totally agree. I mean, this is the like. I can't see Julian replacing somebody else this year. Can you? Um, Florida being the the obvious one. Detroit's interesting, but why, yeah, would but, think, to, but why would he want to go there? That, that no, roster's a Blaschel, mess. I don't think Blaschel's a bad coach. I think he's just got a terrible roster. So, like you said, Julian's not going to want to go there. Actually, there is one that I would consider, but they won't consider. Who's that? I think Tampa would be... Oh, you know what? Before we started this, I thought Tampa, and then I just threw it away, thinking, nah, they wouldn't do that. And they're Cooper. not, but... That's, yeah, I. that's a great idea. I think that's a, a really good uh, point 
Um, I just wonder whether Cooper's wearing his welcome out with the people that aren't his AHL favourites. I suppose it's fair to say that Julian doesn't really go out of his way to play youth either, and that's a flaw of Cooper. Good point. That's the, You're just adding in the same floor, aren't you? But I do think the one guy is better than the other. But I don't think they'll do it, so... But that's one one other kind of move that would make sense for the team. I think Anaheim, that's not going to happen, but that, that would be another upgrade. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. Anaheim are happy. They've got a, a coach that coaches the way that the general manager wants the game to be coached, and they're in the playoff hunt for the division. So... I agree, it would be a smart move, particularly with that roster, but that's not going to happen. The timing of the firing is is, is important because oh. I, I do think a team like the Sabres, not that Biles, I don't think Bilesman's done a bad job there. He's done he's done the same weird stuff that he did in Pittsburgh, where you're just like, come on, man, why, why are you doing that all the time? Just, it's not working. Do something else. I don't but think that roster is very flawed, so it's it's tough to... You know, put it all on the coach there, but I, I do think I Julian think would he's be a one-trick pony anyway as a coach. Eh, it's tough to say without being in the room. True. Because um, our Penn's blog friends Jesse Marshall and Rich Miller had Tyler Kennedy on their podcast recently, and and he spoke okay. to how. Dan did try to make adjustments, and maybe perhaps the players did not buy Jump in. on board? So yeah, it's tough good. tough to – I don't want to paint him as a guy that is a, is a one-trick pony when if he did try to make changes and you got a player that was in the room saying, well, he, he tried. Yeah, so, that's a good point. But Julian, I think, would be an upgrade in Buffalo. What the fuck am I saying? Where, where, where is he not an upgrade would be a shorter list. Very much so. <laughs> so just I'm just looking through the Corsi four for you know all the forwards that have played. I just put a random number into like 120 minutes minimum. The lowest Corsi four is Dominic Moore at 54 percent, and it's like that's the lowest. David Pasternak is 71 percent Corsi four. Are you sure? Oh, no, Corsi 4 per 60. Oh, okay. Apologies, sorry. The wrong fucking column. Jesus. All right, because I'm like, holy cow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's okay. only two players below 50% in their forward ranks. I got Dominic Moore at 49.9 and Tim Shaler at 50. Yeah. So point stands. And Tim Shaler, whoever the hell is. Their floor is generating as much as they give up. That's good. So hot. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. And because, and this is the thing, like Krejci, who you know I would expect to do quite well, is doing quite well at fifty-four point four one, but he's way down the list on that team. So it just shows you how well uh, the roster players that he's got have actually responded to what. Julian was doing. Even Adam just McQuaid have... is 55.5. Yeah. 
they just haven't finished. Like, that's been the biggest complaint you'll, you'll read from Boston fans all over the place. They just can't finish. And then, like you said, when Tuka time is, is having a timeout, they lose. It's almost automatic. But they're in a weaker, weaker division of the Eastern Conference, so they still certainly have ability to make the playoffs. It's just baffling the way that Eastern Conference is working this year. Yeah, it's the Metro, and then I think four teams in the Metro are better than the first place Atlantic team. Yeah, it's just that that first place Atlantic team with that goaltender, if it gets hot, become ridiculously hard to play against. <laughs> he wasn't so hot last night. He was a yard sale. No, 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 no. That happens to the best of them, though. Um, but yeah, if he gets back to being before the injury, Carey Price, then um, I don't think anybody wants to play them in the playoffs. Man, I'm looking at Florida. They got 56 points, three games in hand on the Bruins at 60 points. Be something if Julian joined the Panthers and then stole the Bruins' wild card spot. Well, you could do the same to the Islanders. They're like seven, one, and two in their last ten, and they're right in the same spot as as Florida. In fact, they've got an extra game in hand and they're two points up on Florida. So it's all there for the teams behind Boston to catch them and take that extra wild card spot. There, I mean, Philly is in a bit of a free fall themselves. Yeah, they and their goal differential is minus twenty two, so that's so is Florida's, but they have Barkov and Huberto back now, so that'll help. Yeah, I, I feel much more confident about Florida improving enough to actually be a wild card team that's not just gonna get bounced than I do with the Islanders or with Philly at the moment, with the, with regards to the type of roster they've got on the go. So, I don't have much more to add on that. I, I, I don't think it was a good firing. Very short-sighted. No, it was. It was, we have to do something now. Let's fire the coach. Let's do it. If you're going to fire things. somebody, have a better replacement ready, and it's tough to find a better one for him. Yeah, I'd have just played the year out and then looked for a different direction after that. But that would could be classed as sitting on your hands, I suppose. So... Uh, penguins related. Where do you want to start here? Um, you should never write an article about injuries, okay? If I said, because they just keep falling down after you write it. Yeah, they're they're beat up right now. Hagelin's got a concussion. Timetables with that are always iffy, ambiguous. Hey, what's Malkin actually got? Do we know upper, lower? Um, I should know, but I when he's out, I just kind of try to forget about it. Because <laughs> if I if I start thinking about him, then I'm like, damn, he's not in. This sucks. Yeah, because he's on the he's on the trip. Yeah, so... and, t- and players usually won't make the trip if there's zero percent chance of yeah. playing. And he did not play last night in their four-one win, but tomorrow night. Um, depending on if they practice today and he takes contact and it goes well, I think you'll see him against Arizona. Yeah. So that's a huge uh, bump. Yeah. <clears throat> only issue I have with that is Shane Doan's out there on the ice. Um, 
Yeah, there's that. Yeah, because like you've got you've got Rust who I when I saw that and I saw him come off, like I knew the result of the game. I saw on Twitter that they were saying, you know, they have no timetable on Rust, they have to have a look at it. So I have no idea. Like you said, wrist maybe. I couldn't see him holding his arm as he came off, and I was watching the Colorado coverage, so I didn't really focus on it. I had my own game that I was at, but uh, you oh, know, I, yeah. I was people. I heard maybe wrist. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's wrist, that's going to take him to the playoffs. Hopefully, it's uh, not. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a rough one. Because technically that's two-thirds of the top line that's out injured at the moment. Sort of. I think that, um, while unfortunate that Rust is going to be leaving the lineup due to injury most likely, I thought that Crosby-Rust experiment had run its course. We've, we said that last week or the week before. I, I agree with you there. Would you throw Gensel up there or just go straight to Hornquist and just leave it at that? Uh, the second of the two. I'd, I would put Hornquist there with Kunitz and just go from there. Then you got uh, Malkin, if he plays, Gensel and Kessel. And that's a really good top six. I would then go with... Uh, uh, what do we go with here? It starts to get a little bit more difficult. Benino and Wilson, but Wilson would have to play the right side. Who do you want on the left? <clears throat> um, shit, I don't know. Right, right now, it's kind of Rowney that's playing there. I don't know what they do. They're going to they're gonna have to make a call-up. Yeah, that, that's, they're going to have to fly someone out to Arizona. Who the hell is there? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head without cheating. I'm looking uh, at it now. Jeez. So this is the thing. Simon Pittsburgh Bluter. at 25, and then it gets real thin real quick. But almost every team's in that situation. Every team is. Their forward depth is better than anybody's, and they're in this spot right now. I guess you could bump Cullen up. Just what they, put put just Cullen what they, on the left with Benino in the middle and Wilson on the right side. Put Fair as a fourth line center with Kuhn Hockle. And Rowney on the other side. Or put Rowney as the center and put Lee Fair on the right side. So that would be one way to do it. I don't have a lot of flexibility in that sense. I think you'll just find that they'll just mishmash the lines. It, Situationally, I, I couldn't see them sort of doing it any other way, to be honest. I, I would start with that top six, though, for sure. You try to keep that intact. I agree with you there. And then just the, the bottom six, whoever's, whoever's playing well, just run with them. Gets dicey if Malkin doesn't play. Well, they'd technically be sure to do. I would go 7D then. Jeez, it's not like they haven't got a seventh D-man that they could use from Wilkesbury, but no, we'll use Chad Ruedel instead. Which is, you know, it, that that's fine for this I kind know. of situation. I... <clears throat> so, 
Yeah, injuries. They suck. Good thing they got enough points banked. If you, you look at it in that context... They actually just passed Columbus. Yeah, if you look at it in that context, and they do lose a few here for the obvious reason that they're injured, it's that time of the year there's, you know... Well, they're playing the right opponent. True. <laughs> uh, Arizona stinks. <laughs> Only Colorado uh, is worse. And guess who they just played? <laughs> you can get pretty lucky with the schedule and injuries, can't you? Sometimes. And this is a case where they did, so... Yeah. Not too bad. But what I wouldn't do, I would not compromise the long-term structure of this team to for Band-Aid solutions, short-term trades. Oh, in the context of covering an injury hole, or are you talking about trying to fill the void on the in the defensive six? I guess either. They need to keep the surely they wouldn't. Surely they wouldn't be stupid enough to do that with these, because these guys will come back from these injuries. I mean, because we just don't trust Old Man Rutherford at all, do we? No, it's not that. It's just it doesn't matter who's the GM. You, with this roster the way it is it's built for long term success right now and it wasn't a few years ago so you can't compromise that they're just going to have to deal with the, the injury bug right now the only real trade that needs to be made is, is the goalie one and that's addition by subtraction purely on cap space isn't it well, in theory, yes. Can they make a trade to where they're not taking salary back? Past this year? That's tough. Well, the team we discussed prior to this, Dallas, they're taking back salary for next year, if you look at one of those trades. So, I suppose we can transition into the, the flurry trade talk. Um the article I wrote the other day, let's see, I'm trying to find the, the money amount. So let's say they make a deal of some sort, but it doesn't involve Niami. I assume it's Niami that would be involved because he's got less money. Yeah, that was my thought process too. So Flurry's 5.75 goes to Dallas. It's still fifteen point six five million. If, if the or thirteen point six five million, if if the stars were to retain two million per Niemi, and I just don't see that happening. No, that's insane. So you're not going to get any salary retention in the, in this deal. Now what no, they no. could do, and what I suggested. It's not option number one, obviously, but if you got to make the trade to, to keep Murray, they can take on Niemi's contract because Fleury's contract is bigger, absorb it for the rest of this season and have him as a backup, and then they could buy him out in the offseason. And, you're, and that buyout for the one year, does that have to spread across three, or is it just for the one season that you've gone with the buyout? In the middle. 
two. Two. That'd be right. Jesus. So one one point five mil for twenty seventeen eighteen and twenty eighteen nineteen. Like I said, not ideal, but Scuderi's one point two buyout money comes oh. off after this season, so you're almost switching them. It's not a bad way to be. And then maybe Jari is the backup next year on dirt cheap money. So you're still not spending a ton on goaltending. You basically what you've managed to do there is, is free up about three and a half million dollars of cap space, even with the retention. So if they want Murray Jari next year with an EME buyout, it would be around six million, which is almost a little bit over Flurry's contract. Yeah. So you'd still be in a, a good spot cap wise with allocating goaltender money and you can put that money elsewhere in the roster and i would like it in the defense yes and what i would do if the trade was mid-season is i would try to angle a way to get patrick eaves and maybe you know i don't think eric fair has a ton of value but i'd be like listen we're taking the whole niemi contract we're doing that favor for you we want your rental guy your bottom six rental guy. Here's Eric Fair. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think the pros and cons on each team are pretty even with something like that. It, neither deal is like super ideal for either team. But they're, yeah, a, vic- for, but they're a victim of the circumstance, so they kind of have to yeah. do something. It's not what you'd call a win-win. It's a... Not quite lose, not quite lose. We're trading goalies. This market sucks. Here's something that doesn't kill either of us. Yeah, but we've we've managed to move some salary the way we want. Well, at least in Pittsburgh sense. I just I can't I can't see why they would give give the Penguins Niemi take on the extra 1.75 mil of Fleury and dust their hands off and say yep that's fine even with the with the concepts that you've added in in regards to because the additional... Because they're desperate and they know they can't do anything else. There are other options paying Ben Bishop probably even more money. Yeah, well, that was the thing. And signing know, him to way longer. Because Fleury's 18 19, isn't he? He's got two years after this. Yeah, so 18 19s is your. He's, well, 1920s is UFA year. Yeah, um, I don't know. It just, I I was angry at the contract that they re-signed Fleury at. This and this is why. This is just nuts. Trying to work out where you can move Fleury to because of that no trade clause. If there wasn't, okay. If so there's the messed up thing. This was at the beginning of uh, 2014-15, right? Yeah, that was Brotherford's first year, his first major thing that he did, other um, other than the Hornquist Neal thing. Because yeah. was in the summer, he... <laughs> it was extend Flurry. Yeah, in giving him a no move, like what leverage did Flurry have? He wanted to be in Pittsburgh. Like they over, they did not have to bend over backwards here and give him four years, no movement, almost six million. Like that didn't have to be done, and it's not a hindsight thing. I hate. I hate being contacted on Twitter and so that's hindsight that because I made a comment yesterday that it gets glossed over how much the Penguins rushed into the Flurry extension and I still I believe that 
Uh, you've said that right from the get-go. I think we did a whole podcast on sure the ridiculousness of that, of that contract. It's like, it's not hindsight. How many articles did I write prior to that extension that they shouldn't even extend them at all because you can find league average goaltending cheaper? And then I get, well, he, he's the 13th highest paid goalie. He's he's getting average money to be average. And it's like, I don't give a shit what other GMs are paying their goalies. I need to be on top of the ball and find uh, ways to be cost effective. You need to be, yeah, you need to, yeah. Just because you these other guys don't understand they can do it cheaper doesn't mean I got to fall in line. You need to be out in front. You don't need to be following the. So the I don't buy this, this hindsight thing at all. That they're like, well, you couldn't see Matt Murray coming in and being a star. That I agree with. Yeah, I did not predict that, but I did predict that they'd be able to find a league average goalie fairly cheaply, which they did through Murray. Or they could have kept that backup guy named Thomas Grice that was on the roster that year, who seems to be, you know, charging his way up to the top of the goaltending save percentage list. And got rewarded in New York. He will be their starting goalie the next three years. So I don't, I don't want to hear the hindsight shit. I was on this, and my opinion of this is not so much flurry centric as it is goaltender centric. He just happens to be the goalie on the team that I cover. Yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't make it didn't make sense. You can now see why it doesn't make sense because. When when they signed it, there was all this talk about there being a an expansion team, right? Well, you couldn't predict the expansion bullshit. That I, well, that wasn't even on my radar. They shouldn't have extended them for four years at five point seven five per because his large sample speaks to him being an average goalie, and you don't need you to pay like, six million for that. He got a six year, five million dollar deal, right? How is it he ends up with a four-year, 5.7? Nothing about the... that sample deserved the raise. Yeah, thank, yeah, there you go. Or I term. Just, that... And mind you, he did have a really good um, beginning um, to last season as well. Like, he didn't play poorly at all. That's not what I'm suggesting here. But the idea that the team couldn't get by on a guy for like two million and do just as well as to me asinine well you take the 3.75 that you've just spoken about there and you find yourself a top four defenseman and everyone shuffles down the lineup and all of a sudden the penguins back six a little bit better than what it currently is so that rush, the no movement clause is just absurd to me. Yep. It's not the no trade clause, it's the no movement clause. He shouldn't have any, to be honest. I mean, why would you handcuff yourself with a goalie that's going to be. Every year of the term is going to be past 30. His variance is as wild as any goalie. It is indeed. See, his average goaltending statistics are in the general sense of that Death Valley has an average temperature of 72 degrees. <laughs> How you get to that is, you know, yeah, pretty extreme. No, it's, you're exactly right. He, he's, he's a mountain range when it comes to his 
when it comes to his uh, particularly his save percentage. Um, Which is how you evaluate these uh, position. Yeah. Uh, goalie wins. He's good in the locker. Like all these things I keep getting, and it's like, oh my god, this isn't how you evaluate the position. Throw goalie but wins into the goddamn sun. If if he's not your favorite player, he would be maddening to have on your team because when he's hot, you sit there and go... And he's fun to watch when he's hot. Like yeah. His athleticism yeah, is really cool to watch. Yeah, and then he goes through these patches throughout his career and through the Penguins at some very bad times where he's just completely terrible, like, and a mess. And so that's where... And then you usually get in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> So, it looks, for me, it was the one thing I was disappointed for him was that he got concussed right before the playoffs last year. And, yeah, you know, Murray... Yeah, you don't want to see that. Murray did what Murray did. I mean, I, I legitimately thought that he was going to get his chance to redeem himself for the, you know, the rightful criticisms that he'd had in, in past years. And that's gone. And I look at it in that sense, knowing at the end of last season that the... You know, the expansion draft is coming up. I would have tried to have cut ties with him then, if you could, because the emotional attachment, every like, you know, it would have been a clean break. Now you've got this hanging over the team. I don't think it's going to distract the team. No, I don't think he's handled it poorly at all. I think he's done just no. fine. Everybody's done fine except for the GM that's putting the ball in his court to ask for a trade. I think that's yeah, kind of that's... rubbish. That's shitty as. That's basically obfuscating your job to somebody else. He's got a history of this, too. He does it in a way that's very clever, but he's done it a few times now. The Sprong-Johnston thing, he threw Johnston under the bus, if you recall. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I remember that. That's, yeah. He has a way of (laughs) propping himself up publicly in a way that's very well professionally done, like... Like a professional hitman kind of way. <laughs> uh, but everybody's like, oh, he's doing right by Flurry. See, he's made, he's given the player the choice. And it's like, no, he's getting traded no matter what. He just wants Flurry to ask for it so he can wash his hands of it. Yeah, Even though it was his wants... premature extension, the reason for all of this. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. And the idea that, oh, well, maybe the situation will be fine. And it's like, no, it was never going to be fine. You have two number one guys. And the older veterans, the one not playing at all. Yeah. And which, which is how it should be, but it's not going to, even though the goalies are handling it well, it's, even Rutherford's admitted it hasn't worked. Well, yeah, no shit. I just I can't see them being able to move him through the year. I it's one of those things where I think they'll waste an opportunity to move him on to a club and, and at the very minimum get cap space back to do something else with a different move. And I would trade him just, a seventh round pick and take the cap. Yeah, that, that is that yeah. cap space is worth so much to a team that spends to the the ceiling every year. I get it. Flurry is worth more than a seventh rounder, but in the general context of the expansion draft, in the cap space, 
from Pittsburgh's side of it, you know, they're not going to have to settle for that. I don't think, but you get what I'm I, saying? I, like, I value that cap space a lot. Dude, no, 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 the cap space there, because then you get to choose what you do with that 5.75. That's the thing. If you just get the cap space off the books, all of a sudden you've got 5.75. You might go out and get, you know, two defensemen or go out and, and try and land a really big defenseman with that and use other assets to try and acquire that. So Through trade, I would say. I, I think the UFA route is, is always tough on that front to get value. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. the, 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 options, the options are there with that cap space, as opposed to if we run back to the original sort of idea that you lobbed out there, which is the Dallas one, um, you're taking – you're taking money back and you're only getting a little bit of cap relief. And it's, it's not, well, you're getting not, this not, a good amount of cap relief. It's not enough to do something with this season. You get 4.25 even with the buyout past this year. That's not chump change. No, I suppose not. I suppose I'm looking at this And they wouldn't need a backup for the rest of this year. They can just eat Niemi for this year and it's no deal. Yeah. It's no biggie. Because my, my biggest concern with this team this year is their defense in the sense that I want them to get one more top four player. So it's not going to be a top pairing. So think of it as a second pairing. Well, we've said, I mean, who isn't? Everybody wants that. it. It's tough. Yeah. So so I know that I know that every team has their flaws, but Pittsburgh give up too many shots at the moment for my liking. Well, put it this way. Justin Schultz has been great. Yes. Fleury's contract leaving allows them a lot more wiggle room to keep him around. Now, I'm still yeah. not going to make my <coughs> personal assessment on that situation until the year completely plays out. But, boy, is he tracking towards me saying, yeah, keep him, where that wasn't on my radar before. No, the thing for me with Schultz, though, is that him and Cole are now starting to play Second pairing minutes. They're not. Yeah, but he playing, doesn't have not, to be with Cole. No, long it's term. Just that, no, with this at the moment though, he is definitely. They're, they're not being sheltered anymore. That pair in themselves. They're trying to shelter Marta and, and Daly. Jesus oh, Christ, so, as they should. Yeah, no, I know, but you, like that's the thing. You go because that was always the argument with Schultz. He got he got sheltered and looked after last year. Could he actually take the step up and, and play tougher minutes against better opponents? But, and like, but here's where I'm coming around on it. Yeah, give them sheltered minutes. I think they're only three D-men with more points this year. Yeah, I know. Uh, the man can produce. He knows knows what he's doing. The, the one concern I always had with Schultz is his ability to defend the rush. He gets tangled up when trying to skate backwards, and he turns really slow. If they can correct that in his skating, then the concerns that I had about him as being a, a top four defenseman are gone, and I wouldn't worry about sheltering him. And, and like you said, there's still 30 games in this season to go, and we've got you know another playoff run to try and assess how he goes, and it'll be interesting to see how all that plans out. But as you said, it, it's pointing in the re-sign section more so than the let him wander section which is wow didn't yes like i thought yes. he could be a functional member of the penguins just because 
quality of teammate is uh, for Stanley Cup champion versus what was much of his Edmonton tenure is night and day. Yeah. And he's killed it. So you getting rid of the flurry money allows you to keep somebody like that that has earned a raise. Like you're going to have to pay up a little bit. Now the nice thing for Pittsburgh is he's still an RFA. There's still some team leverage there. So it's not like a UFA, at least. No. Oh, and the bonus of that is both him and Dumoulin both have to be signed, so the RFA status of those two kind of help that. You know, we haven't t- talked a lot about the Dumoulin extension. It, it's an obvious one to do, but what's the money value there? Because I, well, I, I this I will say about him, even though he gets top-pairing minutes and he, and he... Well, this year he's given up a lot of scoring chances... But him and Latang have done really well. I need he's gotta generate a little more even strength offense if he wants like four, four and a half mil. In my oh, opinion. Dude, I was about to say this year has killed his RFA contract extension. This particular year. Ignore the ignore the, the broken jaw. He wasn't producing five on five prior to the jaw. It's so um, weird because he ran the power play in Wilkesbury and did just fine. Like, the skill set's there to produce offense. Hey, Pittsburgh might get lucky with him and he'll sign his next contract and he might not hold the stick quite as tight and he might loosen up and start scoring some points. Well, you know but... what I mean? Like, you go from yeah. power play, you had ex- wasn't it quarterback, was... and I know the AHL's not the NHL, but, like, if you have that role, you're obviously competent <laughs> with the puck. You can make plays. Yeah. Where the hell is this at the NHL? He's got forwards to get it to. He should be getting secondary assists. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I don't understand why why he doesn't rack up more points. I mean, it, it is it is a little bit odd, particularly like you said with quality of team, and he's out there with Latang. So he's, he's out la- there. He's, with... he's last on the team. Point zero point three four points per sixty. Olimata, who's having a terrible year, is 0.46. Ian Cole has 1.04. And I mean, a lot of that's <clears throat> playing with Schultz. But, yeah, but he's playing with Latang. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, I just, yeah, yeah, you're right on that. You, I just, I don't, yeah, I just don't understand. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I remember, I think it was last year you were saying you're, the, you know, the goals expected for him were like 10 and he had zero through the year. So, so about, okay, he might so be you one of those... this out of 157 defensemen that have played 500 minutes this year, or I'm sorry, out of 167, he's 157. And he's on a pairing <laughs> with Latang. I mean, how do you not accidentally do better? Ben Lovejoy is uh, 160 out of 167. <laughs> Just to throw it out. Um, oh, Chris Russell, 0.36. So you're not in great company. But he, it's one of those things where you're exactly right. He, he should be producing more offense. But have you been happy with his overall play? Because I don't see him making any glaring errors. I don't see him costing... He hasn't been as good this year, but I, I don't, no, I, I don't I, have I reservations about committing to him. Yeah, but this year will help the Penguins a lot in regards to keeping his cost down for the Penguins. I mean, it's one of those things where all up you go, if they paid 
I don't know, will it? They rushed out to give Mata four mil, and he hasn't really been that great since his rookie year. No, I, I realize that, but I reckon if they get Schultz and Dumoulin for for seven and a half between the two of them, divvy that up however you like, maybe stacks to Schultz and a bit to Dumoulin, then I'm happy. I don't really care how they divvy up the seven and a half as, as long as it's just between, you know, as long as it's those two and they don't go over it. I'm still hoping they can uh, flip Mata for another top four D-man. Yeah, I just, my, I just don't brain... see stylistically uh, this getting any better. No, 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 I, I agree. He's not a quick enough skater for what this team requires. Um, but he could function in a different... Yeah, I don't think he's a bad player. I just think... No, he'd function, he would function really well in the LA Kings system. Yes, he would. Good, good one. That's all. Like he just he would. It, or St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that might change now that Yo's coach. But yes, fundamentally, you, you're exactly right. And Randy Carlyle, he's another. It's another style of hockey which is about slowing the game down, not speeding it up. And that would suit uh, Marta's cerebral uh, abilities brilliantly, and would help hide his uh, lack of leg speed. So yeah, I did. We we did not predict going on a Dumoulin tangent. Uh, no. So we'll but yeah, his inability to actually score should keep his cost down. It's so strange. I've yet to figure figure that one out. Well, you can't know everything straight away. No, I don't like that though either. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess, like, I don't know what else. Oh, I know. Sid, two away from a thousand is pretty cool. It is. He did have his chances against Colorado as well and just couldn't quite. He had his chances against Calgary to put three up that night. I never got to watch that game. My uh, my NHL app wouldn't work. Oh, gee. Surprise. Uh, yeah, he rang the post hard against Calgary and Johnson made an amazing toe save on him so easily could have uh, done it at home I wonder if he'll go through a a mini Sid cold patch of like two or three games where he doesn't score and then he'll do it all at home in like a four game a four goal a four point game or something like that at home well, let's see I know they're at Arizona tomorrow Oh, he needs two points tomorrow at Arizona because then they return home on Valentine's Day. February 14th for you Perth folk. I don't know what Valentine's Day is. Oh, well, shit, I don't know. Smart ass. <laughs> oh, speaking of Australia. Uh-huh. <laughs> Watching uh, The Young Pope on HBO. He gets a kangaroo. Uh, that Australia is like, gives him a kangaroo as a gift. Uh, and he lets him out in the than, papal garden. We have more than kangaroos over here, you know? They sent it. Koalas? They sent it. In this fictional world. 
You say so that's all everyone thinks we are is kangaroos. But if it's on HBO, it's got to be true. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's a funny show. I like it. It's not. It's over the top, but it's it's great. Jude Law does a is a great uh, pope. <laughs> <laughs> So, <clears throat> I wouldn't bet against Sid getting two points versus Arizona. I wouldn't bet against Sid getting two points on any given night. But it would be cool at home. Against Ryan Miller, yeah. who he's just tortured <laughs> throughout his career. Although, it would guard. be tough to get a point. I mean, what if they match Brandon Sutter up against him? I, I still. I guess Sid's I lucky he doesn't play Vancouver every game. That would be tough. Would he ever score again? I don't know. I um, I don't think I'll ever forget David ever trying to say that. That was a Sutter, bad tweet, and I know the one you're referencing. Yeah, that Sutter and Stall. Geez, I wonder who who won that one, and it's like, well, it certainly wasn't Pittsburgh on a straight up on a straight up deal, like. You just sit there with it, and it's like the things that Sutter's every do. bit as good as Jordan Stahl or something. That the paraphrase uh, that tweet, man, that's such a garbage tweet. I know. Just absolutely, I started to have a crack at it. Like, What's the point? So, oh. but he scores pretty goals, and it, it highlights the you know makes the highlights, and it looks like he's doing what he needs to do. But you know. You know what's really weird? Vancouver is legitimately six points out of a playoff race right now. They're in the Pacific. Come on. I just, I still can't get my my head around that. They are way higher up the pecking order than I expected. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's gone away. That magical on-ice save percentage that used to Sutter used to have <laughs> that supposedly was talent driven. Yeah, it's at nine oh eight now at even strength. Used to be well, nine, that, used to be in the nine thirties. Isn't that the Chris Russell argument as well? Correct. Some think that it's talent driven. I'm leaning towards it not be. Ryan Miller has a nine twenty seven save percentage at even strength. <clears throat> Brandon Sutter's at nine oh eight when He's on the ice, so you can't blame goaltending. No, no, you cannot. That's just... It's just random. Yeah. He didn't become a worse defender. He's still crappy. crappy. He's been crappy the whole time. Oh, that's funny. I certainly didn't mean to go into that tangent. Yeah, sorry about that. I have self-control issues on that front, though. Although it also means that the garage league boys can drink. Yes. So. I don't know. I got nothing else really. Uh, I think I think that's all I've got as well. I mean, the next ten games will probably make or break a few teams' decisions. To be honest, I mean, what is it? March first. March one. So, yeah. Guess who Pittsburgh plays the day before the trade deadline? Dallas? Yes. 
That was a guess. Legitimately, that was a guess. They're in Dallas. Just leave Fleury in Dallas, and Niemi can get on the plane, and away we go. One thing we I didn't really do much with, because I just don't know the situation that well, I haven't done the research, uh, that Nichushkin's rights are an interesting... Uh, well, you, I was I was big on that boy, and then obviously he fell apart, and then he left. So I don't know what's like, going on there. Like if he if he signed a contract where he can't come over, kind of deal. But that would be an interesting okay. uh, part. Of I things. will like maybe trade some... Pouliot for Nachushkin's rights along with the gold. No, 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 no. I would just say we'll take all of Niemi's contract if you give us Nachushkin with the Niemi contract. That's how highly I would rate Nachushkin. <clears throat> failed well failed's a strong word failed uh, forward prospect for failed defense prospect oh you could just do that straight up ignore the ignore the flurry yeah but if you're gonna be doing that goalie stuff anyways you might as well just throw it all in the same mix again no, I don't know if uh, he can come over to the end I know he doesn't want to play for Lindy Ruff so but what if he's in, rights are traded not necessarily to Pittsburgh, anywhere. Can he leave the KHL at the end of this year? Yeah, I get, I get your, I get your question. I get. I, I don't get know the, what he signed, uh, and I, I'll need to look into that. So sorry to everybody that I did not get. No, but that's um. Be an interesting one. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I was very high on him before he blew out his hip, and um. You hope that it is literally just the Lindy Ruff thing that's stopping him from from coming back, and it's not something more more serious with his hip. And which is weird because I don't view Lindy Ruff as a suppression coach. I think he's no. he's good with the offense. Clearly, yeah, no, no, no. As well, sometimes personalities both. clash, and it just doesn't yeah. work. Exactly. So that would be disappointing to Dallas if they had to move him on and he became the player they thought he could be. Yeah. So, I was lazy. Cam was lazy. We forgot to tweet out for questions. So we'll, yeah, we'll, sorry. We'll get that next time. <laughs> so that's it. Um, Patreon.com/slash/HockeyHurts is our page that Cam created to to where you can donate to us uh, for the server costs and whatnot. HockeyHurts.com. Hockey underscore Hertz for Twitter, at Walshy66, at Gunner Stahl, and at Hockey Buzz, or HockeyBuzz.com for my penguins. You probably stuff. want to remember with the right, that's usually a good idea. So, Hockey Buzz, interesting place come, you know, trade deadline in July 1, so for the next month, um, <clears throat> I will try to write about potential Pittsburgh trade stuff, it's just... I happen to write for a team that shouldn't be making too many of them, so it makes it a little less exciting than maybe in years past. But I'll try my best without just coming up with bullshit for the sake of coming up with it. I'm sure there's a smart-ass comment I could throw in there, but I don't know if I will. No, don't. Don't. <laughs> do not. I won't. I, I have... I, yes, don't do that. I won't. All right, that's it.
See ya. See ya.